0: It's football and other F words. We got a lot to talk about because some stuff has changed since we last chatted with you guys. Uh, I think our number one guy, number one realistic option has been hired, Brian Callahan. So it's a it's a it's a great time to be alive. We have closure on certain things. It's time to focus on the future. And as Amy Adam Strunk said, this is not your this is not her father's NFL. This ain't your daddy's Titans anymore. This is a new era. New Tennessee, let's let's just let's forget the past. Let's leave the old ways behind us. Let's if if John Robinson was the caveman of analytics, Mike Vrabel was the Amish of analytics. But now we are embracing Chad Brinker, who is the George Jetson of analytics, <laughs> the T one thousand of analytics, and and that's what we're going with. We have a coach that actually knows what EPA per play is and actually uses it. What a time to be alive. I'm joined, as always, by Mike Kerndon at Mike Kerndon NFL. He has a piece out talking about certain staff options for, uh, that could be under the Brian Callahan coaching tree and stuff like that. Uh, if you are a subscriber to stackinginbox.com, you had all that information January 11th. No offense to you, Mike. But yet again, I'm always first. And uh, just want to let people know, stackinginbox.com is doubling up its coverage this week. We have Senior Bowl coverage that we're previewing. I'm writing Titan stuff. Trajan's writing Titan stuff. A lot going on Stacking the Inbox. Then, of course, me and Stoney are going down to the Senior Bowl as well. Next week, we will have live shows every morning, uh, starting on Tuesdays, right before practice. And we will be doing uh, Football and Other F-Words. Not sure what the a football show format will be that week, but we will be doing uh, lots of videos, lots of written content from the Senior Bowl. The premier Tennessee Titans coverage of the Senior Bowl is me and Stoney. Because last year, it felt like we were the only ones, and this year, everybody's following us again. Trendsetters and Trailblazers is what we are, Mike. Uh, that's, and speaking of trendsetters and Trailblazers, I'll be going to Bluegrass Beverages. Who's been around for 50 years in Hendersonville, Tennessee? All the other Hendersonville liquor stores are copycats of Bluegrass Beverages. And Bluegrass is the first. I don't know. Don't back me up, but they are the, definitely the oldest. And uh, I will be going to get our provisions for Bluegrass Beverages for our Senior Bowl week over there. Woo. Okay. We got all that out of the way. We got all, you checked off all the list. We introduced our stuff, talked about our content. We've told you to follow us, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on YouTube, turn those notifications on at 440 Sports. That way, when Senior Bowl coverage pops up out of nowhere, you're ready to go. And look at this. Terminator 2 is on FX right now. So what an apt discussion or apt a comparison or analogy. I guess that would be the better words. I finally got there. Um, Mike, you were not able to join the uh, the proud boys of 440 Sports, the all-white panel. It's a very diverse panel. Uh, uh, when the news broke, uh, you were busy storming the Capitol. Not really. Please don't come <laughs> get us, FBI. Uh, but you were busy. Um, so I, we're 48 hours removed. Where Where's your headspace at about... Brian Callahan, but more importantly, the hiring process that led to Brian Callahan.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I just would appreciate the Titans if they would stop uh, breaking news at the middle of toddler bedtime. That that that's just not. It doesn't oh, work for me. How
0: does Eldon know about your uh, your Royal Rumble daycare that you take him to the Heart Dungeon daycare with chair shots and stuff?
1: I'm not sure. Actually, I I wonder because uh, I I told the guy I was supposed <laughs> to go on uh, the Titan up uh pod uh this week uh, and I had they to cancel yesterday out. uh because of uh my toddler being viciously attacked by another <laughs> child um and uh yeah that's, having blood and he sent me that it was like
0: hair. insane i can't believe yeah. that as you, you say you took a chair shot to the back of the head I, my immediate reply was damn that's that sucks do you take him to the heart dungeon daycare like i not believe it
1: <laughs> well this is <laughs> long story but we're not very happy with the daycare right now. This I'd is the second so. second head is that wound in the still last one. Uh, I suppose, I don't know. Dominic is not still there. <laughs> so, yeah. he will be going somewhere else. We don't have childcare care right now, which is this whole other <laughs> world of hell. Um but that's where I'm residing right now is in hell. Eldon so, is
0: correct. These things never happen in Nashville by the way.
1: Well, true. Um but I will say as far as the Titans go, I'm I'm in a good headspace because I like Brian Callahan. Um, we talked about him on the show last week. I'm pretty sure extensively uh, as our one of our candidates of preference. I think I I've always had Ben Johnson kind of as my top choice. Uh, I had Callahan as my number two. Um, it Ben Johnson, it clear it was clear like he w- just was not into the Titans opportunity for whatever reason. We may never know. We probably will never know. Um, but he's just not in into the Titans, and the the Titans clearly were super into Brian Callahan, and I think that was pretty clear from the jump that he was their main target. I would say, um, you know, first uh, first interview requested publicly, first interview on the virtual round, first interview requested on the second round, um, and then obviously they they hired him. They didn't let him leave town on Monday uh to go to I guess I think he was going to Carolina first and then Atlanta um for more interviews there so you know obviously they get their guy like this I this is this time around I will believe them every time you know Amy Adams Strong or or any like owner comes out they any always owner, say, oh, yeah. this is the guy that we wanted all along we got our guy they always say that I absolutely believe her this time that this was the guy that they wanted because they made it pretty obvious from the jump that Brian Callahan was the guy that they wanted.
0: Yeah. So we we kind of talked a lot about Amy Adams-Drunk having bad processes and good results. This seems like a good process. So if this is a good process and she has learned from her mistakes and it yields a good result, then where is your faith level in Amy going forward? Because we also got to talk about how clearly and detailed she defined the power structure maybe that was to overcompensate for the disaster that happened after Ribble was fired but where where are you at in grading this process as far as like good process or bad process
1: i mean i think it's it's probably the best process uh so far yeah. as far as the um i gave you two higher, choices either, it.
0: you still have either, not learned good and bad process but that's okay
1: i think it's good i think it was good process um but, yeah, I think it's been easily the best process that they've had for any GM or coaching hire so far. Um, you know, they seem aligned on it uh, between Carthon, Amy, Burke, Nyhill, who we can talk about in a minute. But his interview that was a fantastic uh, with Ramon, interview by uh, Kayla, and Will was awesome, and they should let him talk way more. Like, he's great yeah. at that. Um, he
0: is on those, the one or four or five shows a lot, but it's mainly been pumping up the new stadium and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. which by the way, Chad Brinker is probably taking stuff off his, uh, his uh, plate with his new
1: yeah, assessment maybe so. and
0: stuff. So like, so like, I feel like Burke Nihill is just going to be slowly focusing on that kind of stuff from now on. He's yeah. not going to be focusing on anything football related, but I do feel that, and I kind of said this uh, to Braden that like it always seems like Amy drink has a bad process, like where she acts out from some weird event that she shouldn't be acting out from, yeah. and then she says she comes back and she meets up with Steve Underwood or she meets up with Burke Nihill. and then you see a good process uh, uh, in or a good result come from yeah. this, right? Like, and I kind of felt like Burke Nihill, we kind of shoved him off as not a football guy. If I were to hear what he said today, sounds like a football guy to me. And I kind of said, I kind of said that. It's like Steve Underwood didn't start out a football guy, but just because you're a lawyer doesn't mean you're not a football guy. And he's been around long enough to become a football guy.
1: Yeah. He sounded very like, Informed and, and well spoken on the you know all of the topics at hand and, and the entire Maybe process. Maybe he should
0: have been up at the presser instead of ran. <laughs>
1: it's worth worth noting that I guess the people in the room for the interviews per Burke Nihil were basically Amy Adam Strong. I'm sure Kenneth was there. I, I don't, I can't I think remember he if he even mentioned, mentioned Kenneth
0: because I was gonna say Kenneth was there. Yeah.
1: Um, and then Nihil, uh, Carthon, and then the two AGMs Brinker and, um, what's uh robinson uh so those were those were the the people in the room so it it seems like they got all the power players in there um and the, the description of the process by Nihil, especially the interview with uh callahan sounded fantastic so i think they they cast a wide enough net with the 10 virtual interviews that they did um and then they kind of, they were kind of zeroed in on Callahan. Like I said, I think from the start. But I'm okay with that because they they talked to other people. If anyone else blew them blew them away, I'm sure they would have had them back for a second and, interview. I mean, they talked to
0: nine. That. I'd say I, they talked to eight other qualified candidates and David Shaw <laughs> or Mike Kafka. <laughs> well, Those eight qualified candidates and Mike yeah, Kafka, because technically yeah. David Shaw is qualified, maybe not NFL level qualified, but they talked to like eight candidates and then Mike Kafka. In addition, that to me is the very def- – and people were mad that they were casting a wide net, but then you look at the Panthers or look at other teams, and they're casting just a wide of net. I think but casting, that's what you I, want.
1: Casting a wide net is a good thing. I mean, if nothing that's else, you're gathering information about, like – because all these coaches come in and present, you know, like, here's my plan, here's my vision, here's what I would do, uh, here's some of the coaches I would bring in, things like that. So if nothing else, you're getting, like, some names for guys that are – respected by some of these coaches around the league maybe some guys that maybe weren't on your defensive coordinator list uh prior to talking with dan quinn but now dan quinn is has mentioned this guy and you think oh you know maybe we need to have callahan talk to this guy now um so you can only get more information more information about how teams view levis or how coaches view levis how coaches view the titans like what what kind of you know Opinions they have about their personnel like there's there's a ton of information that can be gleaned out of these interviews beyond just like whether or not you like the candidate so i'm all pro wide net um and i'm pro being decisive when you know you've got your guy don't let don't let if Callahan was their guy and he clearly was don't let him go to whatever you know Ka- Carolina or Atlanta and p- potentially get poached away because there's no guarantee if they walk in the room and they love what they're hearing that they don't you know do exactly what the Titans did and strike a, a contract while while he's still there you may not get an, another phone call back from from Callahan if uh, if you let him leave the building and, and talk to Dan Quinn on Wednesday or or wait to talk to Mike McDonald next week or whatever so I'm I'm perfectly fine with them being decisive and proactive and making sure that they got their guy. So I I think all of it is a good process here.
0: Yeah. Well, Burton Nihil said they, okay, they sat down and you know, at the the time that you're building your perfect template for a head coach of what you're looking for in a head coach and all this kind of stuff, you know, they were also getting the candidates ready and they kind of, they, they basically said, and this is from Burton Nihil's comments that basically he fit the exact template of the head coach that they were looking for, which makes, Complete sense because he felt like that yeah. from the outside looking in. I'm, you know, you don't even have to be in the room. And it felt like Brian Callahan, Ben Johnson were the guys of the, of exactly what they would want, which is the opposite of Mike Vrabel at that point. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they Burke, Nighthill came out and said lack of clarity last year was, wasn't, uh, wasn't, uh, acceptable moving forward. Yeah. So they fixed I was the clarity they Took issue. accountability
1: for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they took accountability. You know, they they liken this to the high – because, you know, they cast a pretty wide net, I felt like, to hire yeah. their GM too, right? They did, yeah. So they 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 also said that Rand Carthon fit the template of what they had for a GM. And um, they they have this – to me, and I'm just kind of going through some of the stuff, you know, they didn't need a search firm, and you've already alluded to it. They said that Rand Carthon, Chad Brinker, and Anthony Robinson were the search firm. They were just the other people in the room. Yeah. Which is and, what you want, right? You want the three most experienced. Well. Yeah, more of that. You want the three most, the three people with the most NFL experience making the decisions, right? They said that. I thought this was crazy. Carthon had a master class with this process, and he interview, he even interviewed, and this hasn't been really talked about. And I thought and this is something I picked up on. He he even interviewed players that play for these coaches, mm-hmm. and I think that's t- that shows that he does this due j- diligence. When and that's important, right? You need players off the record, right? You don't know which players he talked about, which or anything like that. And it's so interesting. You're kind of getting a have, little bit off the record.
1: He must have found guys that were either not in the league currently or were maybe on the Titans roster, I guess, because be. he, it's tampering, Does that right? Consider like tampering. You, I don't think you're allowed to talk to other players like that that are on under contract with other teams. But I, I don't Could know. It's interesting. Um, I guess that
0: would be a, fi- a fine line to walk. Yeah. Um, you know, they 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 still, the, the vision thing is still hanging out there. But they said that the reason they didn't, you know, put the established concrete version of the vision out there, and I'm using like quotation marks like crazy, quotation fingers, uh, is because they wanted to leave room for the head coach to have their input in it. So a true yeah. collaboration. I don't know, but you know, we'll. I, I don't know about that answer, but I think they you could know, have, he did.
1: They could have given a better <laughs> answer that would not have alarmed everyone so much initially. <laughs> um, but I do understand where they're coming from on that. Yeah. The, the the head coach needs to have some input on the, the vision of the franchise, too.
0: But he did say that they want to be built for sustained excellence, and that's something that we have talked about with this team is that there's a lack of sustainability. Uh, and they want to be inconsistent championship contention, which every team does. But I thought the sustained excellence and sustainability was a big, big key in a lot of what he said. Uh, the in- I love this, and this is what we I think we were tagged in this uh, by Andrew King. I think tagged us in it, yeah. but it said the interview naturally evolved from just an interview to riffing and workshopping on how to turn this thing around, like. What I loved about that is that Burke, and this, this what blows me away, it, under Vrabel and John Robinson and Mike Malarkey and Ken Wisenhunt and all these previous guys, we would never get this insight that I'm about to tell you, right? I feel like we never get this insight. It didn't matter, and that's, not, that's just a knock on the previous regime, three or four regimes that we've had here. What defines the perfect X-wide receiver? Like, what trait is for the X-wide, X-wide receiver in this scheme? How many, what, then you go to the Y, then you go to the Z. And this is what they're talking about. What exceptions are acceptable to you when you have, so you have your defined traits, right? Your athletic scores, your height, your weight, your, your whatever. How many exceptions do you want on your team versus do you want an exception at this position? And I think it's in, I think it's great that they were they just kind of like went to this natural mode of just two dudes talking football. Like I wish I could have been on the fly in a room to see that like naturally happen. Yeah. And that's part of collaboration, right? It's part of like, to me, that's a big sign that you could throw all these fancy words around like oversight of coaching staff and final roster control. But this really sounds like we're getting what we were promised last year in collaboration.
1: Well, <laughs> I will say it's a little bit of a, a a forced collaboration in a way which I I'm not like complaining about because I I think ultimately you almost do have to force that because at some at the end of the day someone has to make a decision, right? And the decisions very clearly are going to be made by Carthon. Carthon gets yeah. all the power on the football side of things uh in this arrangement because he does have control of the roster, he has control of uh, you know, Callahan and Callahan's coaching staff um so if, I mean
0: it, they kind of well, went to define that later
1: yeah but I, I guess I'm saying like if there's a disagreement about a uh an assistant coach on the staff ultimately Carthon has the right to make the call right like that he he, he yeah. can overrule Callahan um so it's very clearly defined now which I, I think is good I think that it helps everyone um in the building understand how the the operation works who's in control who has the power you know all that stuff and and as long as that's defined i think everyone can work and collaborate within that environment um and it won't be the wild wild west like it was last year from from uh you know all appearances here
0: well the one of the things about this structure is not only to eliminate confusion Mm -hmm. is to also limit distractions from Carthon's responsibility as a football general manager. Yeah. And I guess I don't know who did it last year and, and maybe there's why there's just like this mass confusion, but the stuff they added on to Chad Brinker was first off. He was already doing stuff with the salary cap. He's already doing stuff with the analytics department. He's pretty much his job responsibility was pretty much already over there, but now they've added on stuff like grounds, the security, the security, video, video stuff, comms. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff. Information systems, all this other stuff. And it's really everybody, because everybody's like, well, he must be Rand Carthon's boss. No, I think they're equal footing. I think they are essentially splitting yeah. the, the g- managers of a general manager slash president of football r- operations. I don't know everything that John Lynch does, but I do know that he has Parag Marathi, who does the stuff that Chad Brinker does. Yeah. So it's kind of like a similar setup there, except for where Kyle Shanahan has final say, Rand Carthon has final say,
1: Yeah, Uh,
0: but I like that. I want Rand Carthon just to be a football GM.
1: And there's basically two GMs, one who does the the kind of boring back of house stuff. And then one who, you know, picks the players basically like Carthon's role is now very clearly defined as you are in charge of building the roster um and mm-hmm. in charge of what our product on the football field looks like and that's great because that's that's something he can focus on that's something that he's you know supposedly very good at I, I think we'll see you know more about that in the next few years and and i do think that like part of the whole statement about you know them being blown away by Carthon last year was maybe a little overstated but look like i get it they're gonna pump their guy up like i i understand that um but
0: it's because, it, you know, when you think about it, it's like they kind of have to do a little damage control on his reputation. I think it's, a little bit. I think yeah. it's uh, laughable. To, I mean, it's very it's very easy to see through it. You know, their attempt to do it because we all know what really happened in that the most part he was like kind of like castrated. So yeah. they're trying to do damage control and pump up like the San Francisco boys. because that's what it felt like to me is like, oh, look at all these San Francisco boys that said they wanted to come to and play because of Rank Carthon. So we're now a premier destination because of that. I mean, like, yeah. I get it. It's a good PR strategy, but it's also a laughable, in it's uh, <laughs> how serious you could take.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and like, look, look, we all understand, like, Carthon's limitations as far as what was available to him last year from a salary cap, st- salary cap standpoint from a power standpoint standpoint because like clearly Vrabel, from a
0: free agency pool standpoint too. the free yeah, agent true. class sucks i mean it like we, we we said that going into it yeah. we said it during it and we said it after yeah. it didn't all, all of a sudden get better because rank carthon and mike Vrabel didn't get the best ones available at every position
1: and it especially just, at the positions sucked. that they really needed to fill right like those were the, <laughs> the positions that were the worst so it was a bad combination of things and i understand like carthon did what he could and i thought he did fine um yeah. as, as far as a first free agent yeah I thought, I thought the draft was proven to be pretty good so far so yeah um there's enough there to like you know still still have some hope for for that and and honestly i'm intrigued to see what it looks like with him kind of having the full leeway now to kind of run the show and, and it being clear that he is the guy uh now moving forward for this team
0: yeah what do you think of jim wyatt at casually and you may not i think i sent it into the chat but casually he likes to drop them casually in a mailbag sometimes but you know remember Mm -hmm. last year he said something about nate davis well saturday he says that and mike vrabel was heavily involved in not only signing andre dillard but playing Andre Dillard, he was very in the way that he used the punctuation and dashes and periods mm-hmm. lets you know
1: that He's everybody's
0: like everybody's uh, <laughs> um, and and I don't know where this whole rumor got started. And I, I think it got started on Buck Show and then it got tagged to something that like Um and, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I don't mean to like throw Buck under the bus. But then it got, I think, something that he said in his interview. But Jim Wyatt is telling you Andre Dillard. My variable. <laughs> like that yeah. is what he's telling me. Now, whether that is PR control or not, but that rumor had been around for months before he finally semi-confirmed it in a roundabout way. But I want to talk about the coaching staff because we talked a little bit about player building and all that kind of stuff. And we'll get dive a little bit more into Rand Carthon and some other stuff. But building the staff, this is what Burke Nihill said so we're recording this on wednesday wednesday night wednesday they're already working on the staff right they are they are collaborating going through everything about the staff um excuse me he's not going to tell Callahan who he can or can't hire he's going to help stress test brian's ideas so basically he's going to put him through a ringer uh, put him through the ringer and if he there's candidate interviews that he's a part of going to put him them through the ringer and stress test. I explain what that kind of is. That's a corporate, some corporate jargon, but oh, that's not, it's not corporate
1: jargon. It's uh, it's John yeah. Tafford jargon.
0: Oh, well, it's, yeah, uh, I guess that is true. The, 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 the stress the, test. We, I, funny you say that. Cause I just watched a bunch of uh, bar rescue I love that um, recently. It's a great show. Um, but I mean like it, the, the whole point of it is to, this is a different setting than history says they're (laughs) not they're not bringing in all the players at once and all that kind of stuff yeah um um basically he even confirmed what i've said from the get-go and what you have said the major differentiator between all the candidates was staffing and callahan had the best staff the who and the why Mm -hmm. he's like who i want why i want it and boom there you go um and if the, the really Rand Carthon's like only input is if there's going to be a gap in Callahan's staff that Rand can help with. Like, let's say that he interviewed, let's say that they've exhausted the tight end candidates that R- Brian Callahan has. Brian Callahan, after the stress test, he's not really feeling it. Rand Carthon's not feeling it. Rand Carthon may throw him some a couple of names out of his Rolodex. You know, that's to me yeah. is kind of like where that's collaboration yet again with also oversight it's like oversight collaboration
1: yeah um and and i do think uh, callahan to me as a candidate too was appealing in the fact that like he had a variety of places that he'd been he'd been in the league for you know 14 or 15 years um and he also has his dad's connections, like you know the the great piece from uh, I think it was Dan Pompey at the Athletic that went back and talked about all the quarterbacks that that Callahan had been around throughout his career. And and one of the ones that he mentioned was was Rich Gannon, who was you know Bill Callahan's quarterback yeah. with the Raiders uh, when he was the head coach there. And and Brian was in high school at the time and just kind of hanging around.
0: Oh, hanging around him constantly.
1: And, and you know i told you this damn story from, last week in the fucking rich episode gannon. we talked about brian Callahan. i've <laughs> yeah. said
0: the story on it, the air twice start fucking listening to me
1: <laughs> well you didn't say it on this show i think you might have said it. On oh i show. said it um but it was uh but yeah soaking up information from rich gannon so like even his dad's contacts and his dad's friends and people like that are going to be open to Brian Callahan in a way that like other coaches just don't have that. It's one of those things where it is, is an advantage to have a father who's been in the NFL for 25 something years, 30 years, whatever it's been um, and has been around a bunch of different coaching staffs himself. So like he's got a pretty wide network of coaches to pull from and look, I mean, he seems like, one of the things to me that I liked about him is, like, obviously he's an offensive, like, geek in a way, right? Like, he he's into the analytics stuff. He's uh, very, like, forward-thinking as far as, you know, his comments about the past game, you know, being king in, in the, the current NFL and things like that. Um, but he's also got a presence about him that you don't feel like he's, like, this nerd like he's not bobby slowick right like he he has a presence to him he's a nerd energy to him um you know he he's gonna command a room i think pretty easily i I just i think he's we already
0: seen stories from orlando Brown. i think it was Orlando brown or was it Juwan jennings i don't know someone already said like he got told that he told off the whole entire team at some point heading to the bye week and they really took it to heart, but he did it in a way where, like, they came back and they went on that big four and two run to end the season or whatever. Yeah. But, like, you know, so he could do it. Bobby Slowick, I don't think anybody's could be confident that he can.
1: Yeah. I, I just can't see Bobby Slowick like chewing uh, an offensive lineman's and ass matters. on the practice field, right? Like, yeah. and it, it does, it does matter to some degree because, you know, and especially, look, it, we, we don't have to talk about the whole Vrabel thing, but you are, going from Vrabel who was like a guys guy of guys guys and uh, the alpha male and all this stuff and in several of the players that are going to be on the team next year you know namely Jeffrey Simmons but also you know several others Harold Landry guys like that really liked Vrabel and really liked Vrabel's approach and to get through to some of those guys I think you're going to have to have a little bit of that like firenness and ability to to you know stand up for yourself um and I think Callahan does bring that in his personality just from you know watching interviews with him listening to what other people say about him I think he's got a little bit of that fiery side to him even though he even even if he seems a little more calm and composed uh you know in an interview setting
0: when um you know when the Titans went from Marcus to Ryan Tannehill there seemed to be like this weird energy with the players right like yeah. obviously Ryan Tannehill is a different leader they really they had some great success to start out with him they really kind of rallied around that this the, the whole quarterback change right yeah. because he was a totally different quarterback more talented he was a and a totally different leader more passionate more vocal
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you think is going to be the shock because like guys like Jeffrey Simmons Guys like, um, let's see who else is going to be <laughs> there. Feels like there's not going to be a lot of people here next year. There's going to be a Chica big Kasko. roster
1: turnover.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chica Conquo, Guys like you know the rookies, the second years, and the third years. You know anybody from really 2018 on has only experienced Rabel, right? Yeah. What do you think is going to be the culture shock when maybe like you know what? What do you think these players are going to say? by the beginning of training camp are we gonna see like a totally different energy in training camp do you think or one way or the other i mean it could be a worse energy for all i know but do you I, think there's gonna be a different kind of energy that you, everybody's gonna be like man this is weird
1: i i bet there i bet there will be a transition i mean like i i do think um from what i understand from bengals people is that the bengals operate uh, I guess you would say one of the lighter preseason, um, or off-season training schedules. Oh, man, practice. the line just missed out, right? Uh, yeah, practice schedules in the league, like they they aren't going, um, necessarily maybe as hard as some other teams all summer. Uh, not to say they aren't working hard, but the just the the physicality, the the full speed reps, the things like that, uh, maybe aren't quite as much there. Which you know, look it's worked for them. They, they have not had issues with uh, physicality really um, on that team. They've been pretty physical up front on both sides of the ball. Um, You know, being able to run the ball well, being able to stop the run. You're talking about the the Bengals, by the way, right? Yeah. yeah. I just want to make sure. Um, And so
0: I felt like it kind of got lost to which team we're talking about, but we are talking about the Bengals. This is not a Bengals podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I think, I think that will be a difference, but you know, hopefully that maybe helps them stay healthier, because I for the most part, obviously Burrow going down this year is a major exception, but it's not like the Bengals have been ravaged by injuries uh, the last few years. I mean, most of their guys, the the big guns, have kind of stayed on the field. You know, Shadobia Woozie had a ACL tear, you know, you had DJ Reader, I think, had a quad tear uh, this past year. Uh, And then, of course, Burrow with the the calf stuff um, this year and and then the shoulder deal. But, you know, it's it's not been an avalanche of injuries like we've seen in Nashville. So maybe there is something with the way that Vrabel ran practices, with the way that uh, he runs practices as compared to Callahan and the way Callahan will run practices that could help the Titans stay healthier um so that'll be something that i'll be very interested to track and just you know see how the players well, react
0: let's, let's just jump right into one of the things let's one of the that falls under the purview of ran carthon's new power structure because we're talking about health we're talking about practices has been brought up numerous times by almost every x player doesn't matter if they are ex player that um, likes Frabel, dislikes Frabel. It doesn't matter. They all say the same thing. Practices are a little fucking tough, and we saw that in the the press conference that ran Carthon ran or was puppeted to run uh after yeah. Frabel's firing. He mentions injuries a lot and it's something that I picked up on so much, but he pretty much said through the whole entire time was like well th- this Didn't go as planned because of injuries. It's been going. It's been happening for three years. We got to figure this out. We have to figure out this injury stuff. We have to figure out our health. We have to figure out injuries throughout the whole damn press conference. And then, lo and behold, when the power structure comes up, he is in charge of sports medicine. Now, I am a little surprised that this didn't fall under Brinker's purview because Brinker has some fancy algorithm or software we're not privy to know the details of that. Does something with injuries. I am efforting at some point to try and find Chad Brinker at the senior bowl and and try to figure this out. I could like I would love to just know from a from a nerd standpoint what that means. Like what are what what is this going on? Like tell me. I I can understand it. Let me relay it to the people. But it's obviously something that it hits home for Rand Carthon in the fact that this is what he wanted as part of his responsibilities. I want to be involved in sports medicine. So he is driven and determined to figure out the correction. Now, listen, you cannot control injuries. You can mitigate injuries, but you cannot control injuries. You can mitigate the practices and all this stuff, and you are talking about that with the Bengals. When you saw Ren Carthon come up on this thing, on the statement, and it said sports medicine, what are you thinking is the next steps for this sports medicine department? Cause there is a sports medicine department, but there's also strength and conditioning that probably falls under that category too. Is just given a different title.
1: I don't, I'm not sure where that line will be drawn. Well, ultimately I guess it, it goes under Carthon either way because you know, we know he's got, you know, say over car or over Calahan staff. Um, Usually, strength and conditioning coaches fall under the coaching staff, and then you also have a, a, you know, the team doctors and the the trainers and stuff like that that would fall under the front office staff. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I, I would assume most of that is going to end up getting reviewed at least if not changed out um it's particularly the strength staff like every coach pretty much wants their own strength staff who's gonna you know train their players the way that they want their players trained um and things like that so I would imagine that um what Frank Perrano and Brian Bell and and all those guys um that have been a part of the, the strength staff for the Titans since Vrabel came here basically uh are probably out uh and we'll we'll have a new strength staff coming in and then i uh, you know you would hope they'd review the the medical staff the the training staff you know everything about that department with all of the injuries and and things like that over the last few years and and you
0: know is that vegan nutrition lady still there maybe her
1: i don't know yeah what is uh Darrell Casey's, uh uh buddy she she that he yeah. brought in or whatever um but yeah, it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how all that gets overhauled uh, under Callahan and Carthon.
0: I I have a question, and now this kind of falls not under anything that we're discussing, but they, it got brought up into my mentions, and I haven't even thought about this person at all when when Vrabel got fired. But I was asked, do we think do we're expecting Stretch to be fired soon? And I go, well, I think they would let him go if Rabel got hired somewhere, but I don't think that they're in a hurry to let him go somewhere because Stretch does provide value in whatever he does, his his, uh, shadow operation that he has up there. But I feel like Stretch does have value, and maybe that's ultimately a Brian Callahan decision, Uh, but... I feel like someone that does have value for the organization, tangible value for the organization that we have seen in in game management, and he does enjoy analytics, so he's not you know too far you know gone in that direction. Obviously, his loyalty lies with Vrabel, but I also feel like kind of like with Terrell Williams, because someone I think brought this up in your mentions as well is like, if Vrabel doesn't get a job, you ain't quitting. And I don't think that they fire uh, two guys like Terrell Williams or uh, especially Terrell Williams. I didn't see any defensive line coaches that really piqued my interest. But I don't think you would fire Terrell Williams and let um, Stretch go. If Rabel's not hired anywhere. I mean, what do you think about that? Like, am I am I being a little too altruistic and naive? Or do but I because I kind of feel they do provide a tangible value for your team.
1: I think Especially on I think on stretch, yes, because to me, stretch is like an extension of rabel based on everything that we've heard. And you can't have that guy just lingering around the building calling Mike after you know work and saying oh yeah these these idiots are doing this this and this or whatever like you just can't have that happening so to me like stretch is gone um Terrell Williams I think you'd love to have him back now I'm sure he feels some loyalty to Mike Vrabel after you know he gave him the assistant head coach title he let him coach the preseason game like we know Briebel did a lot for Terrell Williams to try to promote him and, and look, Terrell Williams is getting some defensive coordinator interviews as well. So whether or not he gets one of those jobs, we'll see, but I would imagine Terrell Williams would be one that they would love to retain if possible. And if Terrell Williams wants to come back, it's like, like Jeffrey Simmons is going to be back. Um, I'm not sure who else is going to be back on that defensive line at this point. Um, but we know that, you know, he has a good relationship with Simmons uh, that would be something that you may want to keep intact as you you know move forward to this new era. But yeah, Terrell Williams, I wouldn't mind having him back. I wouldn't mind having uh, you know Charles London back, guys like that, which I, I don't think Charles London probably has a huge loyalty to Vrabel or anything like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of like there's going to be some holdovers. There always are. There, there's yeah. probably going to be two or three guys on the current coaching staff that stay um, and can kind of serve as a bridge to the new – uh the new coaching staff, which will be good. Um but yeah, I think stretch won't be one of
0: well, not Jason Hotelling, Rob Moore, or any of the I, like to me yeah. it's like I'm okay with Lori Locus if she stays. I, I like Lori Locus. I'm okay with Ryan Crow. Yeah um, Crow was another um, one I like mentioned. uh Terrell Williams. I like Chris Harris and um and I like Charles London. Charles London is the only guy you could maybe let like talk me into J Je- uh Jason Otten. Joseph Otten? Um he talked me into Otten yeah, maybe, but like, I don't know. Charles London is the only guy on the offense I'm keeping.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would mostly want to change out the offensive staff Um and the defensive staff too, frankly. I mean, like, look, if you're going to bring in a new defensive coordinator, which it seems likely they will, I can't imagine they're keeping Shane Bowen. Um, Although I don't, I don't necessarily know that it would be a disaster to keep Shane Bowen, to be honest with you. Um, no, don't do this, Mike. Uh, don't be on look, the
0: wrong side of history. Just backtrack now.
1: i I don't think it would be a disaster but i i think there's probably better hires that they could make um and i've listed out the hires that i think that they they should try to make but um it'll be interesting to see where they go but if you go with a new dc they're probably going to want to bring in their their own guys too so i I think you're more than likely going to see you know bigger changes yeah
0: on this defensive coordinator you don't seem to be a big fan of weak Martindale. No, no. Explain, because he had really good defenses with the Ravens, and then him and Brian Dayball did not pass it. See, if you would have had a stress test when <laughs> Brian Dayball was hiring his staff, you may not have ended up with these two knuckleheads that hate each other but he is a proven good defensive coordinator so why do you not like him for the Tennessee Titans
1: i feel like he's a one trick pony i feel like he is going to blitz his ass off every game um and i just don't think that's the best way to approach football in the okay. modern nfl so that is not my preferred defensive approach so you just to want to
0: play a little safe a little defense a little play a little patty cake and all that kind of stuff you know have your defensive backs and cover four 50 yards down the field, you know, yes, that's what you want.
1: I, I want somebody that's who something. mixes things up. I want somebody who keeps offenses guessing and not just, uh, oh, oh I, I do want sing again. So I, if I only just... they could
0: get Mike McDonald, right? <laughs>
1: like, right. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, okay. So real quick, he's involved in player engagement as well. Um, and chick as a GCI, I have yeah. just fucking, butchered it don't even fucking worry about it. i'm sorry agi that's probably closer i think Uh, as director player engagement because the first thing when i hear engagement now because this is where our generation is at i think like social media and i'm like why is rand carthon worried about the player's social media uh but the primary responsibility of the player engagement is to coordinate the titans rookie development program and assist new titans players making the transition nashville among other duties he communicates with titans players Regarding various team and league programs, like the gambling policy uh, available to players, assist players in returning to school to finish a degree or pursue graduate school, and with financial education and internship opportunities. Now, to me, this screams like Rand Carthon like wants to be involved. Obviously, you let your directors do their job; you, you don't micromanage, but you want you want to be involved and have some oversight in this because I I feel like this is totally a Rand Carthon thing. We know that former players come in and hang out with Rand Carthon. He tries to get him involved in stuff. We know that he really cares a lot about the the man behind the player. I, I I could I think this is a really good thing for your general manager to have oversight in and to have knowledge of what is going on with this department. So I I like it. I like that he's involved in this part. A part that I didn't even really know fucking existed. It's like I went to the Bengals staffing today. And they have at the very bottom, they have like a football coaching staff operations manager. is at the very bottom. It's like some weird title, and uh you can't click his name and see his bio. So you don't really know what his responsibilities are. But yeah. I thought I thought it was just it was a weird title to have. You 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 get weird titles when you go on this stuff. Hold on, I'm about, I'm about to tell you what
1: it is. Yeah, I think oh, I uh, Chick handles he, he handles all the the transition for the rookies and stuff like that into the chief, league, and then he's
0: chief of coaching staff. Like, what does that even mean?
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah it's like chief, chief of staff. It, for, did like, you know uh, this the that they yeah.
0: they cross train all of their coaches at the Bengals apparently to be
1: scouts at the same time? I did hear that. Yeah, I did hear that. So so Callahan has some experience You know, that's part partially because Ernie is asked to stand at
0: the senior bowl on the field. Now be up in that booth booth up there be down on the field like week martindale was last year
1: the the Bengals um are one of the cheapest organizations in football so they keep a pretty yeah, lean staff anyways um so yeah i'm not surprised that they uh have their coaches kind of double the scouts and and you know callahan may enjoy working with a team that has an actual scouting staff um so but. do
0: you subscribe to the scouting staff the, as it currently sits there are not um there are nineteen people in the scouting staff, eighteen are holdovers. Anthony Robinson is now the only you know scouting staff member who's over everybody, and maybe that's that's why he's in that position
1: mm-hmm.
0: but obviously, there's contracts involved. I don't know like how strict contracts are, and at this point, you obviously let these guys play out their contract. It'd be nice if they weren't here. Mm -hmm. Or at least the ones that were obviously feeding information to discredit anything that Rank Carthon did. Because that's what you would want anyway, right? In a very Game of Thrones-esque atmosphere, you need to get rid of all your adversaries and all their minions. Um, So do you expect a lot of turnover at this position after the draft?
1: It would have to happen after the draft. I I do expect some turnover. In your mind, it
0: has to happen after the draft.
1: Yeah. So why is that? because well that's when all scouting contracts are set for so okay
0: so you so it's more of a contract issue not like well someone you'd have to bring someone in for new processes and all the stuff because i'm thinking no they've already scouted all these players you just compare notes
1: yeah i mean it, it would be hard to do that right now just because you'd have to train somebody on the fly like as you're going to all these events and like during your busiest season it'd be like hiring a new accountant to a CPA firm in the middle of you know April or whatever uh during their their busiest time of the year so um it would be difficult from that standpoint but really mostly the the deal is that like all of the scouts are set on contracts by the draft so like at the end of the draft that is when contracts for so is it year it. by
0: year is that across the board in the nfl year by you know what we it's, should, it's, should have fucking ask that guy that was on our podcast couple, a couple no I, ago. Don't it, I
1: don't believe it's i don't believe it's all one-year deals i think you can have multi-year deals for your scouts that's but, what i was wondering but it is um it isn't also a problem where like if you want to hire an experienced scout they're all under contract right now so like you, you if you fired them you're not going to be able trade hire a trade guy. A, who's, you can't
0: trade for a scout.
1: Yeah. You're not going to be able to hire a guy like from the Bengals scouting staff or from, you know, the Raven scouting staff or whoever you wanted to, to take from um, because they're going to be on a contract through the draft. So I, that that's when that'll switch over. But I also think, I think a good scouting staff is important, but I also think people maybe oversell like the importance of, who is actually doing those things. It's more about like how they're trained to collect the information, to present the information. Cause ultimately these are like fact finders. Like they, they aren't um, like, yes, they, they are are the same fact finders
0: that did not find any facts on Isaiah Wilson. or Agreed. (laughs)
1: Agreed. So I, I think there has to be some guidance there as far as like, you know, hey, you've got to dig on you know all of this. you've You've got to find all of this information for us. So, like, and and I don't know the Titan scouting staff and like the individuals in those roles well enough to know like, well, this guy's just lazy and he's not going to call Kirby Smart and you know he's just going to wing it or whatever. Like, I don't know if that's what's happening. Or we well, you know just,
0: whoever the southeastern scout is. We know that
1: that's way does that was a problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know. I, I I think if Carthon, Carthon, and Brinker and Robinson are ultimately making the big decisions on who the Titans select, they're going to watch the film on any guy that they're actually seriously considering selecting. So to me, it's all about like the scouts are really information gatherers, and then they're collecting it, putting it into a format that is easy for Carthon to digest, and you know. I don't know if he's overhauled their systems from what John Robinson was using or not yet. I, I know he talked about trying to assimilate to yeah. their system last year. I don't know if that changed in year two. Um, but but do, you, it, do you
0: have to worry about poison pills? Like someone just like sabotaging you?
1: I I, I mean, I guess maybe, but if you want to stay in your job, uh, you know, you probably should try to work pretty hard for the guy that's uh, that's currently employing you and clearly has gained more power in the organization so um yeah i i'm surprised they didn't make more staff moves last year after the draft but now it seems that that's probably because mike Vrabel was really running everything um from the sounds of it and and
0: doesn't like change
1: maybe didn't want that to happen so um i would imagine we'll see some some turnover in the scouting department, but. Hey, look, I, it's not going to stop Rand Carthon from being able to have a good draft. Like, it's just not. They're going to get information. He's going to still be able to do his own fact finding. Um, they're going to talk to and interview all these players. So it, it's there's he's still going to have a lot of information to work from and and you know, be able to get good players in.
0: Are you okay that Rand Carthon has final say in roster control?
1: Yeah, I'm fine with
0: that. Yeah, okay. I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yeah, uh, I really expected a little bit longer answer, but you know that's okay. I, I like it because yeah. I mean I I'm with you. I I think that like here's here's in my mind based on what we have heard from Rand Carthon tried to do last year, and maybe he was able to do some of it. Is like they're gonna sit down, and Brian Callen's gonna say, "Here is my system." And here I'm going to tell you, I clearly defined the, the positions and the traits and the skills that I need for this system. Mm-hmm. If I need four wide receivers, I need four wide receivers. They need to be starting caliber. They can't be like four wide receivers and your boy Nick Westbrook Burkine, which you clearly are in love with for whatever reason.
1: Love <laughs> um, with him. I, I, I mean, like, that, you, you completely missed the point of that post. It was that Jawan Jennings is just a guy. Balls fans need to quit freaking out every time he blocks somebody hard.
0: Um. Uh. So I, I just will throw that out there. You love you love Nick Westbrook Keene, and you hope that he's <laughs> resigned. Uh, and then he's going to collaborate with the coaches about what traits and skills are needed for those positions, right? So there, it's a collaboration there. He's going to collaborate with the coaches about the exceptions like we talked about and how many exceptions to have. He's going to work with scouts to find those players. He then Rand comes back and discusses said players with the coaches and then takes into all that information. Rand finalizes said players. And that's going to happen for the 90 man, the 53 man, the draft, the free agency. That sounds like how it should run for every team. Am I mistaken in that? Like, I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Sometimes when I hear people say like, I feel, Oh, he has final roster. Say yeah, he's general manager, right? Uh, I mean, like there's a difference between John Robinson having final say and not including anybody in some of these decisions. And then someone that's clearly is open to collaboration because we've already heard that rank Carthon wants to like show tapes, show us what you want. Show us the tape. We'll go get you what you want. Like that to me seems like,
1: yeah, there you go. It's a different power dynamic for sure. Um, Yeah. I mean, look, most people, or I think most teams around the league have that set up where the GM is in control of the roster. There's there, the exceptions are the San Francisco's and, uh, teams like that, where the head coach has like control over the fifty-three man roster, and and that's an exception that I think is earned um, at some point. Do you wow, really want to give
0: heard. a first-year head coach no. that's also taking on play-calling duties extra responsibility?
1: No, I, I don't think so. I, yeah. I'm I'm totally that's fine. With that. Am. I'm a little yeah. bit the one thing I'm a little bit surprised about in the structure side of this conversation okay. is that. That Carthon has say over the coaching staff because to me, like that is Callahan's domain, and and I do think he will mostly. But it, get it does that. use the words oversight, oversight, which ultimately means he's in control, right? Like that. He's that not, it's I'm not like saying, it's
0: not like he has to. Callahan is like, oh well, I really want this guy, and like I really want to bring in Bill Callahan, and I don't think Ren Carthon is going to say, uh, be Zach Taylor, and go, well, go fuck yourself you're bringing in Jason Hotelling back, right? Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like Ren Carthon, we've kind of seen, let me, let me say this. We've kind of seen Ren Carthon. Maybe it was a strategic thing, but kind of, and let Mike Vrabel hang himself. But he's kind of, was a little bit of a beta male in some situations. And I feel like maybe Ren Carthon trusts the coach to make the right decision. Maybe beta male is a little
1: strong word.
0: Yeah. But I-, I feel like, he lets the coach make the decisions to trust the coach more than maybe other GMs may.
1: I think the structure makes sense because of who Rand Carthon is. If it was a different general manager, I don't know that I would feel as comfortable with the setup for that reason, because yeah. I, I think it is asking for reach. I
0: think, think Eldon says it best. It's more like you want a guy from Colgate, please prove he deserves this job.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm i like, we talked about
0: it this last year with the offensive coordinator and even offensive line position. Why didn't Mike Vrabel lean on Ran a little bit more to give him more options? Yeah. And he didn't. Think he it's... just ran his own coaching search. And I kind of think this is kind of like, I think Carthon's running his own coaching search, but I think he's now aligned with the coach that kind of wants the same things he wants. So it yeah. does. I don't think you're going to have I don't think you're going to have the budding of heads. In other words,
1: I, I I agree with that. I mean, I think there will be disagreements, but I think ultimately now okay. we know who's coming out on top. So, like to me, like yeah, yeah. It, Call, Callahan gets uh, a you know a say. He can argue passionately if he feels strongly about it, but at the end of the day, he's going to have to accept whatever Carthon says uh, he wants. So I I think that's good. Um, and it's, it's healthy for, for there to be disagreements that, that they can respectfully come to a decision on. Um, but I do feel like, yeah, look, Vrabel clearly didn't want Carthon to begin with. He didn't want him. He didn't think he was, you know, qualified for the job, all this stuff. Like, I don't think Vrabel was ever receptive to anything with Rand Carthon, despite, you know, whatever they said in the opening press conference. Um. I just think it it was very clearly going to be a fight anytime something like that came up, especially over coaches and, and what Vrabel would have rightfully considered to be his domain. Um, well, you, so. We were
0: talking about chair shots to open the show. I'm pretty sure Vrabel would have probably. We, we know that he slammed Urban Meyer up against the wall by his throat. Yeah. There's a good chance the chair shot would have probably been thrown Rank Carthon's way if he told him to like he started meddling in his coaching staff.
1: Yeah, I could I could see that. So yeah, I, I think it's personality wise, I trust Carthon to not be to not have overreach in with that power. Um I I think yeah. the weirdest thing of the setup is Well, between that and then the, the fact that Chad Brinker kind of stands alone in his own island, which I I completely don't have an issue with it, um, you know, because I don't think that there's any.
0: I thought that was weird in the sense there. that, like, I think the title is throwing everybody off
1: because well, he it reports seems directly like, to Amy Adam strong too. That, right, like, he's no longer and, under, and there's Clarkson. apparently
0: not a lot of clarity with that either. It's like kind of like there. Th- I think what happens is that he works with Rand now, but he reports to Amy Adam Strunk on if I had to guess. Okay, If I had to guess, is that they're equals, right? Yeah. Because there's, there's a difference between being a director of operations. And if you go to my tomorrow morning, stackinginbox.com, I'll give you a little, I don't know, it won't, probably won't show up really well here, but I have a flow chart. Okay? There is a flow chart that shows who's under Chad Brinker, who's under Rand Carthon, and how the departments are separated. So, the this idea that Chad Brinker is above Rand Carthon is not true. There, there, there's things that he has that Rand Carthon is not doing. The, yeah. We talked about it earlier like the video, the um, security grounds. I mean, yeah. they I gave the him biggest, a bump in title. Like, the to me, thing. they gave him a bump in title is to be like, well, you're doing this extra stuff that nobody wants to do that Burke Nihil can't do either. So we're going to give you a bump of title and a bump of
1: pay. I think, and I do think that Greenlaw brings up a good point that it could also be trying to insulate them against, you know, potentially... Uh, someone trying to swoop in and hire Brinker because I, I think Brinker is kind of a, a rising guy on the radar of, of teams just because his background is super impressive. Um,
0: because the football stuff that Brinker is in charge of is just analytics, which he already was in charge of right. and the head well, of. He and, was the head of that department. That's the most and, important and the salary cap, yeah, yeah, and the salary cap, which guess what? He was already above Vin Marino in that. That has not changed. Like, the dynamic between – this is what people need to understand. The dynamic between Rand Carthon's jobs under football GM that we just went through and talked about and what Chad Brinker is doing on the football side, they coincide. He's still Mm -hmm. assistant GM. What makes him president of – what they call him? President of football operations is it's not the operations of football it's the operations that go into game day, the travel, the security, the um, day-to-day stuff that is involved in groundskeeping.
1: That's Ma- maintaining relationships with the 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 vendors that service yeah. their their video systems and things like yeah. that. Whatever they, they literally use to take lay it out for and, you, right? They
0: literally yeah. say right here, like it, he's in charge of. He includes direct his day-to-day responsibilities will include direct oversight of the football departments that address the football departments departments that address salary cap management and analytics strategy, which he already did. That was yeah. already his job. And I think they've that's added,
1: still the biggest part of his job.
0: Damn it, don't listen. They've added commu well, I'm trying to combat people in the comments that don't know what they're talking about. Okay. And they've added communications and information systems. Team operations, including security, video, equipment, and grounds. That is what he is doing. And that, if you go back and look, because and I've looked at way too many people that do football operations for whatever. When they did the czar thing a couple of weeks ago, I went back and started reading about everybody's president of football operations. Like They basically all do this. And that, and without the salary cap and analytics, which he already had. So, what I am telling you is that, like, the day to day stuff, this little stuff that does not matter in the scheme of the football team, that matters in the scheme of the on field uh, or the game day experience, the travel for the team, that's what he oversees. He doesn't oversee Rand Carthon in anything. They literally just told you that. He doesn't oversee Carthon in anything.
1: Yeah, they both report to Amy Adam They are two equals, equals in the power structure. Um, so it's, I, I think it's uh, an interesting setup. It's different, like, to me, but it's fine. Like, I I don't, I understand the logic behind it. So I, I really don't mm-hmm. take any issue with that. And frankly, just to talk about, like, the overarching um, kind of theme of the offseason, while I have issues with how the Titans got here and the the firing of Vrabel and every everything else like that, I still think Vrabel's a good football coach. I love the direction that they're going overall. Like I love that they're steering into analytics. I love that they're trying to modernize the their approach to football. I love that they went and hired Brian Callahan, who Bengals offenses over the last two years are the most pass heavy on first and second down of. Any team in the league in neutral situations, it, it is clear approach of we are not going to be the, you know, running back led team anymore. And like, like I saw someone in the comments talking about like you got to resign Henry, whatever. That's not going to happen.
0: Oh, my God. Did someone say that in our freaking comments? Yes, yes, I'm yes. Put, I just figured uh, I could – I just saw that I have the option to put users in timeout, and that user <laughs> deserves to be in timeout. I
1: don't know who that was. Yeah, I, I just – You're lucky. You're lucky. I saw lucky. it come through a minute ago, and I was like, yeah, that's not happening, buddy. If you listen to to what Callahan said, and I, I put the clip on my Twitter um, uh, the other night when when he, his hiring was announced, I guess it was Monday night, um, But he basically said in the modern NFL teams that throw the ball, the best will win the most. And that is the truth of the modern NFL. I know some people will refuse to believe that for whatever reason, but the the truth of the modern NFL is you have to be able to pass the ball at a high level in Callahan went to you know a step further and and explained you have to be able to win outside with your receivers. Um, so look, I think this team is gonna prioritize getting receivers, particularly those who can play outside, uh, like what the Bengals had. Um, I don't think they're gonna necessarily try to build the Bengals 2.0 because I think you've got some pretty unique pieces on that team and Jamar Chase in uh, Joe Burrow that that you're not going to have here. You're just not. You know, Will Levis is a different type of quarterback than than Joe Burrow. Um, you know, the Titans don't have anyone remotely close to to Jamar Chase or or T Higgins as far as from a skill set standpoint. I, DeAndre Hopkins, a good player, very different skill set than the, what those two guys have. So you know, I think the thing I like the most about Callahan is that he's been flexible uh, with his offense over the last few years in Cincinnati. And he's been given a lot of credit for them rebuilding that offense on the fly multiple times. I mean they they basically said like I think it it was either last year or the year before they were they were really struggling to get the outside zone going. Um you know they were basically having an issue where they were almost you know telegraphing that they were running the football because they you know every time they got under center they were running the ball and running, you know, outside zone basically. So like it, they just decided to scrap that um, mid season and completely changed the way they ran the football. They they completely redesigned their run scheme mid season and started using more downhill shotgun runs, um, you know, things that fit more with what Joe Burrow is comfortable with in his offense. Cause he likes to play from shotgun. He does not like turning his back to the defense, that kind of thing. And they are, you know, different quarterbacks have different preferences with that kind of stuff but they totally rebuilt the run game on the fly and then this year they go to jake browning because of burrow's injury and they completely changed the offense again to go back to some of that under center run game stuff and to go back to some of those big play action shot plays because that fit Browning's skill set better so they have proven that they're malleable they have proven that they're willing to change based on personnel. And I am super excited about that with Brian Callahan. But I think in his ideal situation, he's told you, he knows you have to pass the football. Uh, And you have to be able to run the ball efficiently too. He mentioned that in that quote as well. But first and foremost, you have to be able to pass the ball. And I think you're going to see a lot more emphasis on passing the ball, passing the ball successfully and getting personnel in that can help you pass the ball successfully. Um, Rest so, in
0: peace, your boy, NWI.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the NWI wide receiver two days are over, I think. You know, you're going to see real investment at the wide receiver position, um, which is exciting. I mean, I think you're going to see a very different Titans team uh, on the field in, in 2024. Whether that's a, a huge winning team or not, I'm not sure just yet. I, I still think they're going to have, some bumps along the way roster wise as they try to rebuild this thing, but it's gonna be more exciting. I think the office is gonna score 30 points multiple times this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be here's very across. different.
0: Uh so uh this is a common question that when this thing came out, this is a common question in the group yeah. chat and stuff. For me, what does Vin Marino do then? Well, here, here's what it is. These guys oversee the departments so the salary cap management department chad brinker probably has this let's let's just say let's put it in a corporate structure kind of term because that's typically what it is from what we have known good scouting departments are good personnel departments and coaching staffs they have an open door policy and they have one big conference room so i'm sure chad Brinker comes in with vin marino and you know robbie boren and a couple of other people that are directors or vice presidents of the specific things that he runs. So that was salary cap management, Sarah Bailey, and analytics and strategy, communication, information systems, team operations, um, and stuff like that. Okay, so those guys. The the secu- team operations means um, you know the the groundskeeper, the grounds, the security, the video, the stuff that we we talked about there. So. Vin Marino then lays out. He he may look at Vin Marino and say, "Hey, Vin, Rand told me that we need to figure out a deal for Tyler Boyd. Here's a list of free agents. Get on the phone with those agents. Negotiate the contracts. Here's your limit or whatever. Here's where you can go. If you have any problems, come back to me." And Vin Marino goes and does that because Vin Marino's been around for 17 years and has relationships with agents, has experience negotiating contracts, so he still does. All of that kind of stuff. And then if he runs into an issue, he goes back to Chad. Or maybe they do a big group meeting with all the directors. Then they do Chad Brinker, Vin Marino sits in on a Vin Marino salary cap meeting with all those people. That's just how it goes. So Vin Marino still has a, a reason to exist because he needs to be able to have people that he can trust with experience in these positions so he's not having to micromanage every little thing
1: yeah breaker's not gonna personally execute every single task on under his purview he's overseeing the people who do those things um and and setting the vision for those departments and the the strategy for those departments
0: and the salary cap department and the analytics department will work with ran yeah and ran hired chad to go ahead and do those last year so Nothing's changed on that front. The only stuff that's changed is that all this menial, boring stuff that really nobody really wants to do it. I didn't even really want to talk about it. The communications <laughs> and information systems and team operations. Like I lumped all that together because this kind of feels like the collection of departments, a football focused general manager wouldn't fucking want they're, And then Burke not probably like, well, I can't do it either. Cause I got the new stadium and he's passing the bucks or the like, Rank Carthon then passed a buck to Chad Brinker. And Chad Brinker's like, Well, I want a little title bump and give me a little bump of pay. And I'll I'll talk to the groundskeepers, I'll talk to the security guys, I'll do all that stuff for you guys. Like that just it's the sip Occam's razor, right? The simplest explanation, and they laid it out for you. Yeah. yes, he has day-to-day operations, but it's a day-to-day operations of shit that nobody else wants to do. Like nobody wants to talk to the head of security. And, you know, tally up the number of, you know, drunk disorderly contacts arrests that they had. Well, then we got to limit beer sales and all. nobody wants to do that. Well, sit in those meetings. They want to I want to coach football. You know, they, they mean that coach, but they want to work on football. That yeah. is your power structure, because I think um, Kenneth Carl said it best. So essentially, they both have a lot of power just over different operations of the Titans. And that's exactly correct. Exactly. That's 100 ex- percent correct. Yeah. Mike, I think we covered everything. 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on uh, Thursday is Brian Callahan's introductory presser. You would assume that Ren Carthon is also going to speak and take questions. You would assume AD Amy Adam Strunk is going to read from a piece of paper or a teleprompter. Do you expect her to answer questions? Or do you, do you think she will, and do you want her to?
1: I think she probably will, actually, because I'm, sure I'm pretty sure she answered not questions at Vrabel's uh press conference. I'm pretty sure she did. But what uh, about
0: Rand's press conference?
1: I don't think I don't she, think a, she did and and she there, had yeah. fired Rand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um or, or, sorry, fired J Rob.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe she won't, but um, and I don't know. I don't I don't know that I have to hear from Amy on this one. Um, because frankly, I, I think their statements have clarified a lot. Um And ran for the vision. Yeah. I think we know what the vision is now, right? Like it's pretty clear what it is.
0: Oh, so now it's clear, even though nobody has mentioned the vision. I think it's pretty clear what it is
1: now. I mean, everything that they've talked about, are you just taking
0: the context of the hiring and adding it to the statements they've already said? Is that what you're doing?
1: I'm taking, I'm taking the context of the hiring. I'm taking what Bert Ihill has said. Um, I'm taking all of the other pieces of information that we've gotten over the last, you know, couple weeks. So just the
0: buzzwords. Because that's what I'm, I I mean, let me be honest. I've been, I've harped on this for forever. Or, well, not for forever, for like two weeks. That we have been told the vision. And everybody's all mad because nobody has said the vision. I think they've made it more But nobody has still said the vision.
1: Uh, Her statement has some things in there, I think. The same stuff that she already it.
0: said, but, it, but nobody has said it.
1: She's just written it down. That's oh, true. I'm sure okay. they will be asked. <laughs> I'm okay. sure both Callahan and Ran will I'm be asked. I mean
0: if we're just all flip-flop, if everybody's flip-flopping to my side now or what, but I'm just saying we all, a lot of people, you know, we're all mad and huffy and puffy that they didn't say The Vision, her and Ren Carthon. It was weird. They only writ- it, wrote it down.
1: It was weird that when he was asked, he was not willing to say anything about it. That it was not the time to talk Same to reveal Same the, with the her. big secret vision. She's um, just,
0: he's just echoing what the owner said.
1: It was, it was a little weird. And, and I do understand the whole like, all right, well, we had to wait to hire Callahan so Callahan could have the... I found it know, weird whatever. because they
0: already wrote it, right? Like, they wrote it down. But everybody's like, well, we don't have the vision. Well, we fucking got it in writing. But now, so now you're saying that we do have it in writing.
1: I think we all know what it is. I I don't I don't know that okay. we have it in writing. I don't know that we have to have it in writing a at this point. point. It's clear what it's that's, clear the direction. That's the going. very first it,
0: statement when she fired Vrabel.
1: Okay, but it's clear that there are more specifics outlined now that we know that Brian Callahan is going to be the coach because it's clear they are an offense-led football team now. They are a passing. So led they football don't team need to now.
0: stay the vision tomorrow.
1: They are an analytics-led football team now. Like they they are. That's the direction they're going. I'm happy that that's the direction they're going. I think it's pretty clear. Like if they want to say it out loud, I think that'd be okay. great if they said it out loud. If you are on like, this
0: show next week, or I see a tweet from your fucking account that says, "Can't believe they didn't say the vision." I don't give a shit be about pretty
1: the vision. Up. I don't give a shit about the vision anymore because oh, I know what it oh, is.
0: Wow. The think, t- how the tide has ebbed and flowed since last well, week and eroded.
1: I, I, that's why. That's why I'm happy about the Callahan hire because the Callahan hire fits what I thought the vision probably was, but it didn't. It wasn't made clear in the last week. So you week. just got so, confirmation bias. Well, yeah. Now, now it's pretty clear. Yeah, they they have a vision. They, I think they clearly. I'll be monitoring.
0: Callahan. I'm I'm setting alerts on for your tweets because I I know this is gonna <laughs> flip flop at some point. It's not gonna, gonna flip
1: flop. I, I am very happy with the the process of the okay. interview process that the Titans just went through. I'm very happy with the result of getting Brian Callahan. I think he's going to be a good football coach. I don't know if he's going to win huge here or not. Like, we'll see. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, but I think they've done a great job with that. Um, I do think, do you think Bill Callahan ends up coming here?
0: Oh, absolutely. You think so? I am, I'm fairly convinced, and I, it's going to include a title bump, and then you and PK and TD, who went wishy-washy, who all are interpreting the rule incorrectly. I don't uh, think we're uh, all that interpreting change. the
1: rule incorrectly. Yeah, because you're
0: all reading from the same thing and not reading from the actual rule, where they even describe what the intent of the rule is, but you guys are ignoring that. That's okay. Uh, I, think, I think that he's definitely going to be here, and he's going to have a title bump, and you all are going to look so silly, and I'm never going to let you forget it.
1: Uh, I think he'll be here one way or another, but I, I don't know that it's going to be some assistant head coach uh, bullshit title that gets him over the hump. I don't. Could I don't be think run game, cover
0: coordinator, it. Could be game coordinator. Could uh, be pass game coordinator. Those they already have those, level. so they have to fire someone else. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to fire Terrell Williams as assistant head coach. There are complications. Like fire Justin. Right?
1: Yeah, there are complications, no complications to getting it done.
0: There, that let me tell you something. People in the NFL, because I've asked NFL communications and nobody knows what the answer to that question is because they only know that that rule is for coordinators for the coordinator position. So, nobody, and right now, what we can know about this, we know a few things about this rule. I'm glad you brought this up so I can make you look stupid. We know a few things about these rules. One, when a team, promotes someone or gives them an additional title. When someone gives someone an additional title, they themselves call it a promotion. We know that you cannot block anybody from getting a promotion. So if every team at one point or another has agreed that that is a promotion, boom, there's evidence. Number one.
1: No, Two. no, because you can, you can block from, like if you tried to hire an assistant quarterbacks coach and make him your quarterbacks coach, you can block that. Because that is not a coordinator-level assistant. The differentiator, the differentiator is for, obviously you can't block anyone from going to a head coach job uh, unless they're already a sitting head coach, and you can't block anybody from going from an assistant, like a lower level assistant to a coordinator. Like the coordinator level is where the distinction is drawn. It is not. But it doesn't have anything to do with. When have you a seen an assistant title?
0: head coach be, or or sorry, not assistant head coach, assistant quarterbacks coach be blocked for any of that?
1: I don't have a specific example in mind, but that is not because there isn't the, one. The way that now, the rule is described, that
0: rules for coordinators only is not for right. these other positions,
1: right? Because but that's what I'm you, saying you is that you can block other ones.
0: But nobody blocks. Nobody blocks. And it would, and you would have to give a reason. Because first off, the NFL, first off, is going to approve. Because when you get the deal, when you say, hey, I, if they go and say, we want to interview Bill Callahan uh, for, let's say, we're going to make him our run game coordinator and offensive line coach. We submit that to the NFL. Mm-hmm. We also, at the same time, submit that to uh, the team, the employer club. Submit that to them. The NFL approves it. And then if they disapprove it, they have to give a reason why to disapprove it. It's not a just like, well, you can automatically block it. The NFL then has to approve the block. Right. The reason why the NFL has not approved any blocks, except for lateral mo- d- distinct lateral moves.
1: Well, if it was so clear...
0: Precedence matters.
1: Precedence does matter, but I think there, there are... We are not seeing a bunch of guys get these like, oh, well, he's a run game coordinator. <laughs> like kind of we stuff. See it all the time. Although, like, well, no, but not not to poach from another staff.
0: Scotty Montgomery, Charles London and Chris Harris. Yeah,
1: but those guys, those guys were allowed to leave anyways.
0: How do you know? Where was it said they were allowed to leave? I don't know. I'll
1: go I'll go back and do some research on that okay. but those Well,
0: Scotty Montgomery, it was specifically said in the Indy Star that they could not stop Scotty Montgomery from going because it was deemed a promotion from uh, what, what, running what backs position coach was he Indy. going to He went running backs coach with Indy to assistant head coach and running backs coach with the Detroit Lions.
1: See, that's that goes against everything that I've understood from this rule and and what it was you explained. you
0: you've seen on the coordinator rule and not the other general rules that matter.
1: Yeah, I d- I still don't think that's correct. Um but we'll see. I still think Bill Callahan ends up here one way or another and if he does, that's a massive massive deal for the Titans. Um which is the yeah. most important thing here that getting a t- and and by the way, this pissed me off today in in my mentions on Twitter. Um I posted something about uh, you know, let's say, for example, that the Titans do request Callahan and the Browns block him. Um,
0: which they can't, but and go ahead with their superfluous, uh, well, let's say they it.
1: just ask him to be an offensive line coach, they don't want him to be an assistant head coach or, or whatever, uh, bullshit tag they want to add on to that to what his actual job's going to be. Um, let's say they request him as an offensive, offensive line coach. The B- Browns block, theoretically, you could trade for him, right? Like at that point, you could offer the Browns something to. Re- Remove the block. Um, I guess
0: cash considerations. I guess
1: would be the, maybe what you would do. A late round pick or whatever. But I asked people, like, what would what would and the Titans really don't have willing... any late round.
0: It had to be like a future late round pick. Right, right. But I need like, all these seven rounders this year.
1: <laughs> what would you be willing to give up to get Bill Callahan here on the staff? And the ma- the amazing thing was, it, now a lot of people just said, "Well, I'd rather have Munchak anyways." Which yeah, I'm like, with I, I'm with those I, people I, by the way. I get it. Um, I think Bill Callahan, there is a
0: connection between Munchak and Callahan, by the way. Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility because Bill Callahan or Mike Munchak did try to get him as to interview for offensive coordinator. But back in the day, teams were allowed to block even the offensive coordinator, which is why that role went into place.
1: Right. But so there, there is a connection there. So I think it's potential that, that Munchak could end up on the staff. Um, If Cal, if Bill Callahan is not, but I still think you'd prefer Bill Callahan one because of like the relationship obviously, but then two, the scheme that he runs is more suited to what Brian Callahan is likely to want to run in an ideal world with the Titans uh, versus what Munchak has typically run in his previous coaching staff. So I think there's a cleaner fit from a scheme standpoint with Callahan but the amazing thing to me and and look if you prefer Munchak the history with the franchise all that stuff like he's awesome I don't I don't have a big issue with that but the number of people who are like I wouldn't offer anything because it doesn't you know a coach a position coach doesn't matter that much or like what are we talking about like oh my god you we, just blew my
0: fucking mind we, like watching on YouTube my my head about snapped off my neck because it is just jerking around in amazement that people are like, well, if as long as Jason Hotelling had like, you know, all, all pros, we would have been fine.
1: Yeah. That's literally what people were arguing in my mentions was that. Well, it, all that matters is that you get better players guys. We just complained for years about the offensive line coach position here. And like, we, you listen to Mitchell, Mitchell Even Schwartz when talk, they were good uh, and they Marshall had Newhouse. good players,
0: people still complained about Keith Carter. Yeah. The Jets have really good players, and they all fucking hate Keith Carter. Like is- That whole area of New York hates Keith Carter. There is no reason, if you had the chance to have Bill Callahan for a seventh-round play, even if it's like a 2025 you know, seventh or whatever. It doesn't matter. Or Mike Munchak. You take those options. You Absolutely. Know we'll we'll just get, hey we'll just bring back Jason Hotelling and we'll just you know sign Trent Williams and we'll, we'll keep Peter Skaronsky. Uh, we'll draft uh, or we'll we'll sign or trade for Elton Jenkins. We'll get uh what's a good right guard in the league? Um, I don't know. No, yeah. best right guard here. And then uh, on the right tackle, you know, we'll get the best right tackle in the league as well. And boom, there you go. Jason Hotelling can't do any wrong. They still have to learn the system and be taught stuff. But, hey, you know, Jason Hotelling surely can do that.
1: Yeah. But I was blown away by people making that argument. I'm like, I would I would probably trade up to like a, a third or a fourth round pick for Bill Callahan, to be honest. Like Whoa,
0: I mean, that's a little rich for my blood. Just get I'm, I'm with the people that say just get Mike Munchak.
1: You're, you're well, yeah. I mean, I mean, like you're talking about a guy that's turned Wyatt Teller from a nothing into a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. He he took Dewan Jones and and turned him into a good right tackle this year. I, I think Dewan Jones is talented, but he got him ready to play and play well down the stretch this year. Uh, Ethan Pochich, he took off of the Seahawks scrap heap and turned into a really good center in Cleveland. Like he consistently makes a good offensive line out of spare parts. I mean, they, they've spent one high pick on that offensive line and that was Jedrick Wills, who is you know not even really that great. But uh, that whole group, is fantastic together and has been for years and it's because Callahan is a badass. There are certain offensive line coaches, Jeff Stoutland's one of them, Bill Callahan's one of them, you know, Skarnakia. Munchak I think is one of when them. He was around. Um, yeah, Scarnacchia w- was one of them at one point that make that whole unit work on such a level that like no matter who is on that group almost you are getting at least league average, if not higher quality play. So like, to me, offensive line coach is almost more important than defensive coordinator. In fact, I think I might argue that it is um, as far as the staff I th- I think.
0: I think when you have this level of attainability to get yeah. someone of the caliber of Mike Munchak or Bill Callahan, that makes it more important than a defensive coordinator. But it's if you miss out on those critical. two guys... It's critical still to find someone that's not, that doesn't coach vacation Bible school flag football, (laughs) but is, it's, is you got to find someone better than him and Keith Carter, but then defensive coordinator like takes the cake. It's, it's very critical for this team that offensive line works. I know a lot of people are like, well, he comes from the Bengals and they have a shitty offensive line. Yeah, but he also comes from the Bengals and has shitty offensive line. He's come to a team that has a shitty offensive line. I think he's going to want to have at least an average offensive line. Like, I feel like, yeah. especially since he's wanting to work with his father, he obviously understands the importance of a good offensive line coach. But the fact that Zach Taylor does not want nepotism and family hires is kind so of shocking to me. That it is it is just insane to me. Yeah. That you see how bad your offensive line is and you've invested in it in free agency and you're like, no, I think I'm good on the one of the best offensive line coaches in 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 the, in the NFL. What does keep letting your me. quarterback get hurt? Just, I just stunning. I I think people are going to overrate what he has said about the passing game as focused on just wide receivers only. Yeah, I think after you've seen the Bengals and seen the star quarterback get hurt, knowing that you're coming into a season where the offensive here at the Tennessee Titans have been shitty the last two years. San Francisco invests a lot in their offensive line. The, and you know that Will Levis is currently injured and badly injured because of the offensive line. Then you have to, like, I think that there's going to be a, more of an emphasis on offensive line than what the Bengals have shown. I uh, so, do still think wide receivers win out, is like kind of how I feel.
1: I so I don't think it's a lack of emphasis though, even on the Bengals, because I think they've invested. I, you know, they they drafted uh, Jackson Carmen forty uh, sixth overall in twenty twenty one. They took Jonah Williams eleventh overall in twenty nineteen. Uh, they spent uh, a ton of money on um, what's his name Orlando Brown Jr. They the have South spent Tampa, some right. resources there. Together. They, yeah, they spent a good bit of money on Alex Kappa and um, who was the other one they signed? Uh, I can't remember now. But Jonah Williams, uh, no. Yeah. Well, Jonah, yeah, Jonah Williams was yeah, drafted, drafted, but, um, but he's they, never played. Favorite Cordell Volson, they drafted in the fourth, so not yeah. a huge investment there. But they they have spent high picks, they've spent big money to try to fix it. They just haven't been successful at fixing it, um, and so. I think there will be an emphasis on fixing the offensive line because, look, Rand Carthon was here. He experienced this shit last year, too. Um, but, I, you know, I think if you have Bill Callahan, that goes a long way to making your fixes stick. Um, you know, whether it ends up being Joe Alt uh, in the draft and, and you know, whoever, had, you know, Michael Unwenu at right tackle or, or right guard or wherever he ends up. Um, I think they're going to invest some pretty – Serious resources um, in the offensive line, as well as at receiver. Like, I mean, look, you could go the route of because I, I really don't think T. Higgins is going to be here. By the way, I, I think they're going to tag him oh, in no. Cincinnati. You're um, getting Tyler Boyd, and you'll like it. I don't want Tyler Boyd, honestly. Uh, You're going to get him, on, and you
0: like it. What I just yeah. fucking
1: say? I'm out What's on. Happening? I'm out on signing thirty year old receivers. Um, but. It's a uh, matter. You're going to get him, and you're going to like it. You've already got that spot filled with Deandre Hopkins. I don't want like the, all the 30 year old receivers on, on the roster at the same time. Um, but Mike Evans, I mean, I, I'd be more interested in Mike Evans for sure. Um, especially cause Mike Evans has, you know, a lot of, uh, T Higgins, uh, to his game. Um,
0: I'm a big Darnell Mooney, little Mooney boy guy.
1: Like I know you are. I know you are. But I let me All say right. this. And this will this will I'll be accused of being a homer. AD Mitchell has a lot of T Higgins to don't his game. I like AD Mitchell. He's 6-4, he's got, you know, really good ball skills. He he makes some of those contested catches like T Higgins does for the Bengals. Um hey, it,
0: my mock drafts, they go Joe Walt or Olu whoever is there and
1: yeah. then AD Mitchell. I'm with you. I mean, like, look, that's about where that they, the Bengals took T. Higgins to. I think they took him 35th. I think the Titans were what they're like 38th or 39th with that second pick. Um, so right in the same range. I could see A. D. Mitchell being there, T. Higgins, and and obviously at a lot cheaper cost. Uh, you know, over the next. And I could years. see
0: them signing both Gabe Davis and DJ Chark uh, if the if the opportunity arose, they can get both. So yeah. That could be your one, two, and then you just draft whoever. We let yeah. John Hopkins at the – that's just to really piss off someone in the comments. Um, the uh, As far as that's concerned, I think we're all wrapped up, and I think we're done. I think we're done here. We An hour and 34 minutes, a lot longer than what I thought. And, of course, we got derailed into you being wrong about how the uh, coaching structures work and organizational stuff and all that kind of stuff. But that's, that's typical. We get in the weeds when you're wrong. Um, other than that, Mike Herndon, at Mike Kerndon NFL on X, tell the people what you wrote uh, on podkarski.com, which everybody should subscribe to.
1: Yeah, I wrote uh, my full thoughts on Brian Callahan, the hire, what I think he's going to bring here from a, the standpoint of what this offense is going to look like. Um, and... and <laughs> God damn, Greenlaw, get out of here. Um, and also, what you know, coaching, coaching hires they may bring in, um, free agents from the Bengals that I think would would make some sense here. Uh, which, by the way, you know, it, I, like I said, I don't think Higgins will end up being one of them, but there are other guys on the Bengals that make a lot of sense here. Uh, so yeah, go check that out over there.
0: Uh, stacking is where you find all my written stuff. Uh, I break down the power structure have a flow chart, a little handy dandy flow chart for everybody who doesn't understand, uh, what was written in the uh, oh, real, statement and how or,
1: real real quick, before we get left. out of here, I, I, I got to interrupt you. So we do know now that Brian Callahan is going to call plays. How do you feel okay. about that? aspect
0: of it. uh he's calling plays that's how about how i feel about it like i'm not trying to like i didn't care if my head coach or called plays or didn't call plays like I... I feel like that's such a it's such a give or take kind of deal like we've seen people that have taken on the play calling responsibility when they didn't have it flame out we've seen people that have done it and they excel at it to me it's not a big deal for someone that's been an offensive coordinator for five years who has learned under or been around someone that took on the play calling duties when not calling plays. Like I didn't, I, it was one of those things where like, it sounds cool at the time and everybody's regurgitating it. So you're like, Oh, well this is a definitely a necessity that my our head coach has to call offensive plays. But the more I like, I was writing about other coaches and talking about, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't think it's really that important. It's cool. Um, it makes you I see how he's it works good.
1: Out. I yeah. think it's good. I think it's, mean, Preferable in the sense that, like, your quarterback, if you're if Will Levis is going to be your quarterback long term, and if Brian Callahan is going to work out, but he could
0: have it, the that, system
1: stays right. right the system I stays. mean, but I think the voice in your helmet talking to you, working through things, being consistent over a long period of time could be beneficial. Um, it's
0: kind of like when you have been married for a while and you're kind of look at your wife and you go, You know, I just don't know if I could date anybody if you die. Because then you just have to learn, you know, another language pretty much.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, yeah and, and also think, I also think it doesn't really matter that he didn't call plays before. Mike McDaniel didn't call yeah. plays before. Zach Taylor had barely called plays before. Sean McVay had barely Zach called Zach Taylor plays did not
0: before. call plays before. Kevin O'Connell did not call plays. Zach play. Taylor
1: had called plays on an interim basis in Miami at one point prior to going to oh. L.A., uh for like four games it was like four Look at games with the deep
0: on. cut over here
1: yeah yeah like zach wrong again uh but no First time. a lot of examples uh of p- coaches who did not call plays as coordinators who did call plays as head coaches who have done a great job so
0: <laughs> when i uh there's this guy i don't know if you have him in your mentions on uh x this is how we're gonna you know get out of here um this guy that on the ex, uh, Jorge Grissom, Grisman, or something yeah. like that. Um, I put up something about, Oh, wow. We really got, um, you know, we got my number one guy or like Brian Colin. He goes, well, he's never called plays before. That was it. That was the whole ex. And I go, okay, this is a pro variable guy, like worse than you and mellow, uh, pro variable. <laughs> this guy, is definitely related in some fashion to Mike Vrabel. Like, burner. okay, yeah. like I don't, I don't know what that means. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, oh well, he's gonna suck because he never called plays. We don't know what he's gonna be.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I like the direction that they're going with the hire. Uh, you know, whether it works or not. Like, I, I was excited when they hired Ken Whisenhunt too. So look, it, you know, it it could be good, it could be bad, but I, I like. Yeah pretty much everything about Brian Callahan and and am extremely open to him being successful here
0: will we have okay we really gotta get off this thing but final question before I promote my stuff that you interrupted and I'll let you have the floor about your stuff um the uh will we have any coaching hirings or staffing hirings announced by them either before the press conference or at the press conference
1: Mmm I know he's going to be asked about his dad um, coming. So whoa, whoa, phrasing. Um. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough one. It's, it is after dark, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll uh, I'll say no. I'll say no. Staff hirings announced either before or during the press conference. What about you?
0: Okay, well, on um, on that uh very sexual note, um <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna exit out here. Stackin'thinbox.com your premier senior bowl coverage. Um, so just make sure that you're tuned in, subscribe to Stackinthinbox.com, turn on notifications for sports, go to Bluegrass Beverages, our lovely sponsor in Hendersonville, Tennessee, who I have not talked about for an hour and 40 minutes now. But Bluegrass Beverages, Hendersonville, Tennessee, they're the best. They're they know exactly. You go in and you tell them. I'm kind of feeling a whiskey, but I don't want something that burns too much on the back of my throat. I love the hint of oak, and I like to taste the barrel on the front end. Boom, they'll get you covered. Bluegrass Beverages, Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Zach. Follow me on X at EffortsPod. He's Mike. Follow him on X at Mike Herndon NFL. This has been Football Another f and you have just been effed.